Craft Beer Radio, episode 399, on October 16th, 2016. T'was in another lifetime, one of toil and blood. When blackness was a virtue, the road was full of mud. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio, where we have not received our Nobel Prize yet, but it is our 399th show, so we figured we start with a Nobel Prize laureate, Bob Dylan. What song was that? That was Shelter from the Storm. There you go. Nobel Laureate Bob Dylan. Yes. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? <laughs> thought? All right. So we Just got to some... show you. We could win it too. But it's time <laughs> achievement. Yep. Um, all right. So we have some beers tonight. We got three beers from our buddy Dave. He uh, was home, dropped some of stuff off. Finally went over and picked them up at his dad's house and got those on the show. And we got a couple li- beers from Dan. listener Dan who sent us some pretty good stuff that we're going to be working our way through. And then a beer that I just picked up at uh, a local brewery yesterday. Why don't we start with this one from Dave. Okay. This is uh, Vienna Lager from Yellowstone. It is... I have it somewhere in here. (laughs) Somewhere in my mix of tabs. Devil's Tower Lager from Yellowstone Valley. Yellowstone Valley Brewing Company. They're in Montana. All right, there you so go. There you go. Not many people live in Montana, one of the least populous states in the country. Right. Five point. A great, uh, great stuff there, like Yellowstone, uh, Jackson Hole. That's my Wyoming, but you know, he get it. <laughs> great stuff that great stuff. I don't know anything about. No, they're in Billings, Montana, and five point one percent alcohol by volume. A uh, Vienna Lager. It's cloudy. It's got. There's a haze to it. Yeah. For what, sure. what color is that? That's kind of a. It's not quite tan, but it's not quite orange either. It's like <laughs> halfway in between. Yeah, it's a. It's an amber, a bronze maybe. Kind of a lemonish quality to the hops coming off of there. That's what I'm getting, kind of a lemon drop, like yeah, hop. yeah. I was feeling it at first. I was wondering if it was the hops I was smelling. Uh, it's definitely not like you know, it's a Vienna Lager, but it doesn't really lead with that big bread crusty right. type aroma. It's, I think if I give it some time, I'm going to agitate a little bit and see if I can get some of the aroma. Because I think I was getting some of it underneath that lemony hop, but mm-hmm. it's uh, it's hard to find. Oh. This beer spoiled. It's not sour in a horrible way, but it's certainly sour. <laughs> That's way different. <laughs> That's not a vehicle I'm used to. Okay. No, the beer got spoiled, but yeah. it, it it doesn't taste like nail polish or anything. No, like it's that. it's got kind of a Brett kind of character to it. I don't know if that's really Brett. It's probably some wild yeast, but it's got a little bit of a Brett quality to the end. Yeah, there's more acidity to it though. Yeah. Um uh, it's kind of has a very a chalky type thing like i'm thinking like there might be some pdo caucus in here or mm. something like that because it kind of has a little bit it's, it's funkier it has yeah. kind of those sour lambic things it's not quite baby diaper but there's something that's making me think of it a little bit this is not what the brewer intended so we no, obviously can't no. 
but we're still drinking it, right? Yeah, it's not. So it's 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 gone off in a, a decent way. It's not yeah. the best sour I've ever had, but it's it's it. So what that means is that whatever there wasn't anything else wrong with it, just a, an infection from some bad yeast, right? So it's not probably cleanliness when packaging or yeah. something like that. Or maybe yeah, maybe they got some bugs in their cellar too. But you know. Or they put the wrong beer in here. <laughs> I'm thinking that, you know, they didn't catch it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, this beer has, you know, probably been in the cellar or basement of mm-hmm. uh, Dave's dad's house for about two months. So, you know, it should have been, it's cool there. Yeah. Right? So, it's not like it was in a hot box spoiling, but it, yeah, this beer is. So, it takes its name from the Devil's Tower. Uh, I guess that it's in what. It might be in Yellowstone, actually, the formation, mm-hmm. the rock formation called Devil's Tower, mm-hmm. which is basically a big, um, forget what you call that geologically, but it was carved out by it's water, of course. Piedmont or something, right? Is yeah. that what it's called? Isn't it Piedmont? Might be. That sounds familiar. So, yeah. Anyway, it's a big kind of structure. Mm-hmm. Hey, so we're finishing this beer, so... Um, I guess it's soured in a pretty good way. Good on you, Yellowstone Valley. I mean, if we're drinking, I mean, it's, it's interesting, right? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it could be soured in so many ways it would just be disgusting and unpalatable. But, I mean, we're going to finish this sample, so it soured in a reasonable way. Yeah, it did. It, it, like I said, it, it's definitely not what they were intended, but they got something right. <laughs> no, <we're not. laughs> I don't know if you can say getting it lucky. But, uh, but that lemon thing you were smelling, right? Yeah. That big lemon in the flavor. Kind of like, um, almost like the lemon and meringue pie, where there's a little bit of sweetness to it, maybe fresh lemon zest, something like that. <laughs> well, that was a beer that came in the Devil's Tower Lager bottle, but that was that was not a Vienna Lager for sure. And don't expect every spoiled bottle mm. to come out the same way. No, no, that was a lucky, lucky thing. Okay. So, let's move on to something hopefully is uh, different. Okay, yeah. All right. Next one we got from Dave was the Rabbit Hole Brewing Mike Madano's 561 Kolsch style beer. So, Mike Madano has the record for number of goals for U.S.-born hockey players. How many does he score? One, I believe. So we're close to that in show number, right? <laughs> Closer than we are far away. We could do a show where the beers are all numbered, com- well, uh, commemorating sports players, right? Because um, that's true. Al Smith had the one for Tony Gwynn, right? Tony Gwynn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we could. <laughs> but I mean, think about uh, Carnegie Deli naming sandwiches after people. It's not yeah. uncommon. Yeah. Okay, so it's a Kolsch. It's a Kolsch. Not much information on their website about it. The slogan on the neck of this can is, icing is no longer an infraction. Because <laughs> icing is like an offsides type right. play in hockey. And, um, I guess they want you to <laughs> drink the beer cold. It is a Kolsch. Yeah. So Kolsch is um, kind of half lager, half not. Kind of like a cream ale in a way. Yeah, same. I mean, Kolsch uses an ale yeast, but it, yeah. it's one that, well, they'll do the primary fermentation, 
at warmer temperatures, they'll cold condition it and it'll finish up like that. And the yeast is active at lower temperatures than your straight up ale yeast. 4.7% alcohol volume. Uh, okay, uh, they have on here uh, instructions how to make a puck. Empty can, place can on the ground, crush can, enjoy your new puck. <laughs> okay, so this is a whimsical brewery there in Justin, Texas. That's just outside of Dallas. I looked it up. I was meaning to figure out if Mike Modano played for the Dallas So Stars. Justin, Texas is not just in Texas. It's pretty much in the kind of middle. Of just it. in, yeah. I'm wondering how I'm getting a little bit of this. <laughs> I don't know if I watch this alchemy because I'm getting something hmm. a little bit spicy and maybe bready on the nose. Bretty. Bretty. The aroma's pretty closed in on this one. You know, you'd expect um, for a Kolsch, the aroma, you're two kind of things that I look for a lot. I look for kind of a, a really bright cereal grain type aroma, you know, something like a, a box of, you know, of cereal. But then also kind of a grapey or vinousness. And the aroma, I'm really not getting too much of. Okay, I can smell a little bit of the vinousness, I think, but not the, you know, not the cereal part. Mm-hmm. Really highly carbonated. Kind of has a. Not like buckwheat or something? It has this kind of wheat beer character to it, right? There's some but esters it, in here. There's some strong, has some strong esters going yeah. on, which isn't really typical for a Kolsch, yeah. right? Because a Kolsch is going to firm out much cleaner. Very clean, yeah. And this one is mountains of esters. Really highly carbonated, too. I mean, a lot of zing makes me wonder if, you know, this beer is on the edge of, of fighting off an infection or not because of how much carbonation is in there. Authentic Kolsch Kohl, yeast while featuring German Perlay and Tettnanger hops. I would not, you know, consider this one to be a Kolsch. So, from the flavors that we're getting. It's won a gold from the Beverage Tasting Institute. Hmm. Uh, and just reading off their review, because they quoted it, Gold color aromas of raisin bread, toast, and honeyed citrus with a supple, lively, finely carbonated, dry, yet fruity medium body and tingling simulated medium length arugula, light pepper, and minerals finish. This is not that beer. This is a different no. beer. It could, uh, there's no date on the bottle or on the can, so this could it, be... Oh, no, it's, it's just writing on the yeah, shoulder. I don't see any date for it. It could be old, too. It could be old... Hmm. Uh, that that's disappointing. I guess it's warming up. I am smelling. A, you smell like cardboardy. Like I think I'm getting some oxidation on the nose. Yeah. All right, two for two. Two for two. Let's keep going. I'm not gonna finish this one. Do we have a dump bucket? Oh. Cans are easy to pour back into. That's true. Kind of a built-in funnel on the top. <laughs> All right. So, where do we go from here? Let's go with the Toppling Goliath. Alright, so this is from listener Dan. Thank you very much. Yep, he emailed us a while back and asked if we had to add any Toppling Goliath. And the answer was nope. nope. And he's like, well, I'm going to get you some. And 
that's exciting because Topping Goliath is um, one of the Whale Bro breweries. You know, they have a, a big rep for making uh, some pretty sought after beers. They do some hoppy stuff, but they do other things as well. So the one that Dan sent us was Golden Nugget. Yes, he did. It comes in a pounder can. A uh, combination of golden primrose malt and nugget hops. 6.8% alcohol by volume. 56 IBU and a 16 ounce one pint can. Color is dark orange. Very crisp and clean look of it. It's got some nice, uh, not much, not really haze. Yeah, it's pretty clear. Yep, oh, very clear. Yeah, let me feel a bit more. Nice head. Ooh. Mmm, yes, that is a nice aroma. Grassy. A tad bit with the, of the sulfur. Nugget. You would expect right, that. Yeah. Golden Promise and Nugget were the hops in here. Like Greg said, I just wanted to refresh my memory. Golden Promise is the malt. Oh, malt. Yes, that would be malt. And there's sort of a graham crackery, mm-hmm. like a little honey note. Yeah, this one certainly carries a big yeah, graham cracker honey type note of the malt. And then, yeah, like the hops, like you were saying, a little sulfur. Something a little spicy, like they're even a little like peppery, a little pepperiness coming off of it. Definitely, it's a lot to smell here, a lot to like in the aroma. Mm-hmm. Bursting with flavor, it's quite good. Not a huge fan of nugget traditionally. I think nugget can get um, too mm-hmm. down and and, uh, and and sulfury and kind of messy. But uh, this is nice. I think that the the malt is actually um, nice and balancing out, giving a little bit of a sweetness to the nugget stuff. So nugget gets in there and does kind of give a spicy, mm-hmm. gets a spicy grasp on the malt. Yeah. But the malt is still kind of jumping out and giving it enough of a of something to play off that doesn't feel like it's overpowering. Yeah, the malt is significant. It gives it a really strong backbone. For the beer and I'm making all kinds of gassy noises with my esophagus, I apologize. Uh, really strong backbone, and like you said, it, it's generally pretty sweet, but it, it plays really well with the bitterness of the mm-hmm. hops. And then you know the other, um, gra- I think you summed it up: the spicy grassiness. And um, the beer wasn't in the fridge. I put everything else in the fridge, but I forgot this one. So it's only been in the fridge for a little bit, but it's at a really good temperature for tasting right now. It's probably like 63, 64. Yeah, so 64 from the surface, so it's probably around 62 or 61 or even 60. But that's uh, a good temperature for this beer for sure. A lot of character is coming out. It definitely feels feels fresh. It it does taste uh, like you can really... There's, there's not hot fading on here. Mm-hmm. Actually, so this beer is like right at the end of its shelf life. This was canned uh, July 28th. And okay. Dan, you know, was like, I, I had to get this package sent yeah. out before this beer went over the hill. No, it's still it, it's it's, in fine condition. Yeah. yeah. 
that's really nice. It's it got it's got a very nice drinkability to it. I bet um, at at the bar, this would probably be at least ten degrees colder, but it would still be a really nice drinker. Yeah, you'd have to you'd want to take some time with this, warm it up. Mm-hmm. As I'm drinking it, I'm getting excuse me, making all kinds of little noises tonight. Uh, I'm getting a, a little bit of pineapple, you know, and there's some like some light tropics, some light citrus in here as well. I want apricot too. I think that's probably the malt playing with it, kind of mm. making the 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 juices, you know, a little bit on the sweet side. Come yeah, because nugget tends to not be too much in that area, not that I remember. Right. I, I think suppose before... it could be if you just nugget, but I mean, I'm thinking of like nugget nectar doesn't have mm-hmm. that quality to it. There's a lot of CTZ in that too. Okay. Um. No, this is this is a heck of a drinker, and yeah, as I'm getting more used to it, I'm pulling out a little more nuance in the aromas. Where instead of just that grassy hop, you know, with a little bit of like peppery spice coming off of it, I'm definitely getting more pineapple-y and things like that. Did you say in here live beer? Please refrigerate. So had some yeast in it, but not enough to stick on the bottom. Mm-hmm. So this is we we are no longer unknown what toppling goliath is and the rest of their <laughs> the rest of their lineup is this good toppling goliath is available toppling goliath virgins yeah, i was i was looking them up to see where they're available they were available in minnesota wisconsin and iowa oh wow places where you can get the beer and the hometown is decora uh, iowa not bad wow i drank this faster than you did Taking my time, man. Taking that is time. Uh, uncommon. <laughs> Let's have a commercial while we're while we're I'm, enjoying. Well, the, I'm enjoying my yeah. beer. All right. So this is a show that we've done for 399 times. We're going to keep doing more of it, uh, but you can still support us by going to craftbeerradio.com/slash/amazon. It's a heck of a way to support us because mm-hmm. it does. It takes you right to the Amazon. Doesn't cost you a penny more. You just have to be conditioned to start your shopping session at craftbeerradio.com. That's why we do this commercial Amazon. all the time. It's not to annoy the piss out of you. It's just to condition you. Right. It's just to get you to respond and just go. All right, damn it! I'll go to your thing when you go to Amazon. Fine, fine. Just to get you to. Yeah. Every time you start your shopping session, you should do, start there just to make sure that the tag is in your account and all that stuff so or else we're gonna keep bugging you yeah we're just gonna keep bugging you so you might as well it's an easy way to support us because you're spending the money anyway and we take a cut Mm -hmm. off of amazon instead of from you so you didn't want me to turn on the sound just yet i don't want you to turn on my sound all the way okay (laughs) because then i could try to you know if i have something to play right sorry like the price is right losing horn or something like that. I generally don't use my sound. Gen, generally do not use my soundboard during the show. <laughs> we'll see what happens at 400, though. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling Greg about the little Twitter fight that I had with um, the, um, Grant from the Beerists. And Grant wasn't familiar with us. And then... Rubio was like, he asked Rubio, who is this guy? And he's like, oh, this is Jeff. He does a great podcast about science, television, and soundboards. <laughs> Where do I fit into that? That's not fair. 
Well, you weren't on the Twitter fight, no, so I that's totally why he said Twitter. Jeff. But I mean, the soundboards is is all you. It's and... all me. <laughs> it's all me. Okay, so we have a porter, we have a brownie. Let's go with the brownie, I guess. All right. So this is from. This is the a coffee parent. coffee brown. Oh, really? Okay, then let's this go with the the porter. This is from Sick and Twisted Brewing Company. <laughs> In Hill City, South Dakota, another uh, another low populous state, <laughs> uh, sick and twisted panty dropping porter. <sighs> really, guys? Really? It's South Dakota. What are you gonna do? So <laughs> this is eight percent alcohol by volume, thirty-four IBU. Established in 2012. Very dark with uh, brown highlights. Get sick and twisted. Oh, this is an Imperial Porter, huh? Yeah. Definitely. (laughs) This brew will rock your socks off, not to mention your panties. Well... You should have told me that before I came, because now my panties are going to be off. <laughs> no. Damn you, sick and twisted. Damn you. All right, the aroma on this one is chock full of roast and toast and cocoa. Mm-hmm. A little bit of licorice in there. It smells really good. When you get a beer in a can... Where so much effort has been put into the marketing of it, mm-hmm. you know the the branding and the company and the you're kind of skeptical, but now after smelling this, I have I have good expectations for this beer. I expect it to be good well, from the smell. I mean, it could just be it's brewed and bottled by Winery Hill City LLC for sick and twisty, sick and twisted. So maybe mm-hmm. it's just I, mean, I don't know. I don't know what, what's going on with them. It could be sick and twisted might be a you know beer marketing company right. they don't actually and they just contract all their stuff we could try to look into that if you had a production assistant he'd be frantically working away at it right now this is interesting before we get into the beer this is an interesting mix for the can because it has a is this a sticker or a shrink wrap this is a sticker but it doesn't cover the entire can, right? They got the the part of it was silk screened, but just I, so I guess they that's for the style, I suppose. Yeah, well, I guess it says uh, "get sick and twisted." Refined hydration is the part they had put on the can, and then the rest of the can underneath this pressure sensitive label is just silver. Well, it's the first time I've seen this hybrid model hmm. of packaging. So that means they so they have a, a define for their top, but everything yeah. else is just on label. Yeah. Interesting. Moving on to the flavor, pretty astringent there. It's got a lot of cocoa, a lot of mm-hmm. <clears throat> a lot of cocoa, uh, a little bit woody, vanilla. Those notes, somewhat almost oaky because it's so, it's kind of hot. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, it does 
have a boozy character to it. It's like 8% and mm-hmm. you're feeling it. There's a moderately light remaining body for everything else. You know, it's not like there's a big chocolate milk type flavor in there, right? It's pretty thin. I mean, it's an Imperial Porter. There's a body there. Right. But in the spectrum of Imperial Porter bodies, it's towards the light side. And it does <clears throat> kind of lean towards... Oh, man. I'm starting to smell the nail polish remover. I'm getting acetone in there. There's a little bit of... There's licorice It's heading towards that acetone area. As I was talking, it's just mm-hmm. evaporated right. into my palate. And I just got this huge blast of acetone. Yeah. It's... Um... It's unfortunate because then... It, now really, that's all I can taste. It feels like I just drank a bottle well, of... It, it twists the, the end taste into that because that is volatizing into that nail yeah. polish. It wasn't there when we initially tasted it, but it's volatizing into that. So there's definitely an issue. Wow, that's... I mean, if I took another sip, it might refresh and I won't notice it. Mm-hmm. But then it, it's, it's like gonna, coming down off that heroin trip, right? You know, it's going to be awful once that taste is out of my mouth again. So this one's going right back into the can. That's wow. So that's oh, that's yucky. Three for yeah. Sorry, Dave. Three <laughs> for three. Unlucky. <laughs> it smelled good from the beginning, but I mean, so like I said, when you have the beer in your mouth, it's okay. But then as you're sitting here afterwards, it just it gets worse and worse with that wow. acetone nail polish remover type flavor. That's. And right now, it's like, give me the next beer so I don't have to taste that anymore. <laughs> All right. Let's do the Relic next. Go in a different direction. Yeah, I just kind of want to... All right. Well, the Relic, this is from Dry... I, I need to gargle with salt water or something and get this flavor out of my mouth. This is from Dry Log, uh, which is a local brewery here that specializes in sour. Now, it's not D-R-Y-L-O-G. <laughs> no. It's D-R-A-A-I... Space L A A G, dry log. Where does that name come from? Uh, it's it. I would guess it's either um, Gaelic or Flanders or those would be my top two guesses. Flanders would make sense since they like doing, you know, Belgian style beers right. and things like that. Uh, so, if you guys are following me on Twitter, I was at Drylog yesterday, and I, I, I finally was able to put out the tweet that I've been waiting to put out, because these guys have been doing sour beers, but, you know, they were a young brewery, didn't have the luxury of, you know, giving the, I felt they didn't have the luxury of giving the sour beers the time that they needed to mature, mm. right? But I understand that's capital intensive, you know, so I've been reserving my opinion on dry log until I feel that they either have to shit or get off the pot, right? And I was there yesterday, and I had some world-class wow. sour beers. Their Creek, uh, they just released their Plague, which is kind of a sour stout with um, briar berries. I mean, these beers were as good as, Jolly you know, Pumpkin. Jolly Pumpkin, Almanac, Russian River, these kinds of things. So I've been the tweet that I've been waiting to send is that these guys, now that they have the maturity into the belt, have a, a great well, sour program. That's good for us because Jolly Pumpkin seems to be the the style or the type of brewery that they're going after, which is they mm-hmm. age everything. Yeah. So know, not everything, everything that Dry Log does oh, yeah. is sours, uh, but it is all 
a wild. Well, not even wild by pumpkin. design not is kind of jolly pumpkin yeah, does as right. well, but it is all aged. Yeah, they call wild by design as their thing, but it's all there's no uh, White Labs 1056 being used at this brewery, right? It's all Belgiany, mm-hmm. it's all Lambicky, you know, like from there, you know, from Belgian out. Uh, this relic is there. Um, it uses an ancient East. So it's more like one of those dogfish things. They said it came into possession of a French monastic cabinet dated from the 17th century, and they set to work extracting a yeast strain from the layers of wax used to preserve it. Wow. That, okay. that sounds like a mature company, right? Yeah. It's time to do crazy shit like it's that. 6.3% alcohol by volume. Uh, the other things they have in here are other uh, measurements that we don't normally talk about. Original gravity they have at 13.3 Play-Doh. Uh, apparent degree of attenuation they have, which is not something that I've seen other breweries okay. do. 88%. I mean, that would be a good metric to kind of give you a feel of how dry it is. But you can derive a degree of apparent attenuation from original gravity and final gravity. So, But you know, if everyone did that percentage point, you could kind of get a feel for how dry. So the aroma... It, it it smells like a Belgian golden ale, kind of like um, what does that smell like? Kind of like uh, Orval. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. An Orval, right? So there's kind of like a bread character in here. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit leathery, little like um, touch of touch of old book. You know, we're, we're in Indiana Jones' study again. I'm also again. thinking of, what's the golden one from Jolly Pumpkin? Oro de Calabaza? Yeah, maybe that, yeah. The Firefly. Oh, Firefly. That's a different one, but... Yeah, so, you know, the Brett's opening up in there. You know, it's 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 that Brett-esque type aroma. It smells pretty good. I haven't had this beer yet. Mmm, okay. A lot of uh, heavy carbonation, but a lot of sweetness to mm-hmm. uh, to give it almost kind of a green apple like quality there. Not a, not a bad green apple, but like a yeah. There, well, there's a there's a, a tartness mm-hmm. that we weren't able to infer from the aroma as well. So it's not just breath type character, but there's kind of a, a, a fermentation acidity type character in there. But green apple is kind of where it's landing. But green apple can be a bad thing if it if it's done wrong because I think what is the what is the flavor that uh, like Bex has that has a green apple? <laughs> yeah, it's uh. Oh, come on, I know this. Come on, Jeff. Uh, you're recognized. I, you're I, recognized. I know, I know. Can't think of it right now. Anyway, this is not like that. It, it does. People are screaming at the radio. It has a. It does end very dry, though. It really finishes dry. Um, not chalky, but just dry. It, it, most of the mm-hmm. flavor is gone about uh, two or three seconds after you're done with it, which is very nice considering we just had one that yeah. stayed with nail polish. Yeah. Uh, Orval is a good bench post for this thing, you know, a place to start. I, I would say Orval in a while, so I don't know. I mean, I would say this goes more fruity than, than yeah. Orval. Yeah, so you get kind of that that green apple, but you get other kind of fruitiness in there. You kind of it's leaning towards pear too. Um, 
pear, uh, like a like a gala or like some kind of sweeter apple. You get a little bit of like apple flesh, you know, like that kind of flavor. I'm trying to think, what very else. high in the carbonation, very high. Yeah, this is nice. I mean, it doesn't feel rushed. Like I said, mm-hmm. it feels like this. They took their time. They've developed their sour program. And I mean, this is great. If we have these kind of sours being made, you know, right down the street from where I work, it's like, <laughs> holy cow, that's. And the prices aren't bad. I mean, this is a 500 mil bottle. I paid, um, I think the, the price for a single takeout is like 675 for it. Not bad. No, for this kind of beer, no. No. Well, I was buying, they had a make-your-own case takeout for $49. I winked at you again. Yeah, you did. Why did I do that? Um, they had the make-your-own case takeout for $49. And because these bottles were bigger, I was expecting it to be a 12-bottle case. Or wait. Yeah, 12. No, no, no. I was expecting it to be like a six-bottle. Like, you know, like six, seven fifties, but these are 500 mils. So, like, I picked six beers. I'm like, okay, what else do you want? I'm like, oh, I get more for that price? Sweet. <laughs> I mean, fifty bucks for a case of beer is still expensive, yeah. but I mean, when you're getting it's not traditional, right? But it, right. but you're getting this qu- this kind of beer as opposed to right something that uh, doesn't take as long to age and and turn right. into this. Thing. Twelve of these for sixty bu- or for fifty bucks is, mm-hmm. is a good. Yeah, price. as you said, I mean, the capital to do something like this, the capital yeah. to to age something like this for for the while for the long time that needs to be aged. What what would you say? At least a year. Oh, I don't. I mean, that's that's if you're able to turn them faster, you you make more money, right? So I don't know what yeah. they what they do. At least sometimes we put in there for sure. Mm-hmm. This is the relic from Dry Log Brewing in the Millville, Pennsylvania. Is, uh, really straw yellow with a little bit of haze. Man, this is, I like this. I'm gonna have to go there and buy some more beer. Support the show so we can get more of these on the show. <laughs> I had my coworker Justin. He went Friday afternoon is when they released the plague that sour stout. They only had uh, five hundred bottles of it, four bottle limit. So he went down, got us two bottles, and then Ooh. kept two for himself. Jerk! I'm like, I'm like, get me three bottles if they're less than you know <laughs> twenty bucks a bottle, and. Uh, He's like, but there's a four bottle limit. I'm like, well, you're doing the work. You can take mm-hmm. two. You know, that's fine. So we're going to do one on the show. Uh, I'm probably going to send one to Rubio because he's sending us some uh, Jester King. All right. That's a fair trade. I think so. He's going to send us a Petit Prince in a green oh, bottle. Oh, yeah. Green bottle, though. Green bottle. Hey, I'm willing to try it. That's the one where the brewer actually wants some skunking mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> okay, if that's what you want to do. All right, now we're going back to another... Um, oh, this is a Michigan brewery, but it was sent to us from Dan. This is the Perrin Brewing Company. Pour me some water, Hot please. Box Brown Ale. I'm refreshing Greg's water glass. Thank you. So, Hot Box doesn't refer here to hot boxing. <laughs> <laughs> It refers to uh, uh, coffee, coffee making, because they use 
hot box roasters' finest beans and uh, put them in their cla- their cult classic. They say nut brown ale. So it's not first degree hot boxing, but who knows? Maybe these coffee roasters are giant potheads, and it could be. Uh, it, it's hard to to get away from that the stigma associated <laughs> with the name, right? So who knows? It says a a, a winter seasonal that is a five point five percent alcohol volume. That doesn't mean this is old, not necessarily. Comstock Park, Michigan. So, if Comstock Park is anywhere near Comstock, they're next to Bells. Hmm. The aroma is pile-on coffee aroma. It's it's so dense. Oh wow! <laughs> I mean, it's so dense that it almost was like a pepper. Well, that's what I was just going to say. When you get like a super dense coffee, it kind of has this this pepperiness to it, you know. So it has this like hot pepper type aroma to it. It's um, I'm trying to put the words to the coffee. They're kind of. <laughs> I don't know how to put it. Um, also, it's a deep roast without being it's too dark a roast. Mm-hmm. It doesn't doesn't taste or doesn't uh, smell. I should say ashy or anywhere too far burnt. But it does smell deep. There's a lot of mm-hmm. uh, a lot of caramelization on here. A lot of Maillard. Yeah, kind of a woodiness on the aroma. Yeah. That's well put together. It passes test one, which is doesn't taste like work coffee. Right. It's important for all these coffee beers. No, I mean it seems it blends really well. It kind of there's a there's like a kind of creaminess in there. It almost has a bit of like a latte type mouthfeel and flavor to it as well. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. It um. Yeah, the coffee's coming through almost in a different way than you're used to because it. It almost comes on like a, a stronger bitter chocolate, without Actually, without just without some of that uh, vanilla stuff. Right. Actually, it comes on. It's a lot like Kahlua. It's okay. pretty pretty potent Kahlua. I mean, and then the other thing I'm thinking is like a white Russian type mm. type flavor, because there's like a creaminess coming through in there. Even though you know there's no cream, it's not a milk stout or anything right. like that. But there's a, a big creaminess. It kind of has a white Russian type flavor to it. It's really drinkable. There's no rough edges that are kind of mm. taking away. You know, everything that's in the beer is contributing to a positive impression of it. We had three good ones and three ruined beers. <laughs> yeah. It's an interesting show. It's just like America. Well, there. Okay, so there are two nines in our show. And one three. Nine's divisible by three. You didn't be, you get into numerology yeah. now. They're, they're, it must mean something. It must. <clears throat> it must. This is really good. Yeah. You want to get on to the ranking? Well, we only have three beers to rank. Okay, so what do you want to do? You want to get another beer? 
No, I, I think oh. this is fine. I'm just saying oh, okay. there's only three beers I to rank. So, what what is the order? In well, order? do you want to take talk about how the Devil's Tower was a reasonably good sour? It still is the last of, oh, of the bunch, of the... and because it had it, it still had some like off flavors for a sour. Yeah. It just was. It just yeah. wasn't it was, terrible. It was bordering on baby diaper. Yeah. It was a little butyric type thing in there. But there were two pour outs, and yeah. And this this Devil's Tower would have been a pour out if it weren't for the fact that it just happened to got it. super lucky. Yeah. Sure, okay. But what was the worst? What was the sick worst? and twisted was the worst? Probably sick and twisted was definitely the worst because that it, lingering. The, yeah, because I can still almost taste it. Mm-hmm. And the five sixty one was probably the second worst. Five sixty one. It just didn't. I don't know what it was, but it wasn't. So for the 561, it was kind of a, it's okay, it's, the spoilage is okay, but it wasn't worth my sobriety. It's like, I'm not going to yeah. take the time to drink this thing. It's not worth the calories or the sobriety. Mm-hmm. Then the Devil's Tower got super lucky and pulled a pretty decent sour that we were able to finish out of what was supposed to be a Vienna, log, Vienna lager. <laughs> and now we got the three good beers. Right. And... It's tough. I, I like. I mean, they're all completely different. They are all completely different. I think I have a ranking. Though. Okay. I'm going to put in third place. I'm going to put the uh, this beer, the Perrin. Um, just hard luck loser in this case. Mm-hmm. I, I think that the other beers uh, were just they, they inched out over what this beer was. Um, but I think this is a good beer. I think this is a really good, um, really good use of coffee. I'm kind of excited by it in a sense because it, it, it's, it's different from the coffee mm-hmm. stuff that I'm, that I'm normally used to having. So uh, I've kind of gotten – I mean, I remember when I started doing the show, I, was, I loved coffee beers. And now I'm really kind of – I'm afraid of them almost. Right. And uh, so it was nice to see a, a coffee beer that um, that gave me sort of exactly what I need from a coffee beer at this point. Right. Uh, in second place, I'm going to put the dry log. I – Really enjoyed it. It was nice. It was really good to um, to sit with and just um, pick apart mm-hmm. the bits of it. But I did feel that uh, I was lacking a bit of sort of complexity that the Toppling Goliath had. Out of less, um, maybe less work. I don't know how to put it, but okay. less uh, less intense aging and stuff like that going on. But the the Toppling Goliath had a really nice quality with that that uh, honey-like malt and the nugget together really mixed well and they really integrated those flavors very nicely and it, and it was was the beer that kind of most satisfied me tonight okay i'm gonna put the um parent brewing company hotbox brown ale in third place as well i like this a lot but i like the other beers better i mean this had a significant coffee flavor that aroma, when you first smelled it, it smelled like peppery. And I've had that in a couple coffee beers. I I would... I'm still looking for the gold standard in coffee beer. And I want to f- someone to figure out how to bring the super volatile nuance that we get in the kind of coffees we get from commonplace coffee. Mm-hmm. You know, you do that thing in an AeroPress, you drink it right there, you get like this symphony of light flavors that are just bouncing all over the place. You do it right. I mean, it's it's delicious, and I want 
a coffee beer where the angels sing. I want to be able to get that much nuance in a coffee beer. Maybe it can't be done. But, you know, I, I'm holding out for someone to figure that out. Hold out for a hero. <laughs> in second place. I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. Not everybody listening may. I mean, right. We are children of the 80s. Yes. It's really tough. These two beers are great. I never had the relic, and but you know, like I said, I told the story about Drylog. I'm a, I'm a fanboy of Drylog all of a sudden because they they went where I hoped they could get to. Um, everyone will understand if you put Drylog first. It's okay. I, I am. I'm going to put it first. I think uh, Toppling Goliath. I enjoyed that beer a lot. I I thought they really had a great formulation of. Like tons of malt and tons of kind of residual sweetness and caramel graham cracker honey type things. And then the hops that went with it. Um, the beer was hot bursted, super bright on the nose, even though it's uh, three months old, you know, just on the edge of its lifetime. Still tasted really good. The Relic, because, I mean, it's kind of like Orval. And, I mean, that's... You know, when you have that kind of complexity in there, you, you, you thought it was a little light on the complexity, I guess. But for me, I was really enjoying the nuance and, and the complexity of that Belgian character. The yeast had that where it was more bretty on the nose and a little more acidic on the flavor. So there was kind of a little shell game that was going on there, which I thought was interesting. Any I, of I these like beers beer. could switch places. Oh, I'm, not, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to say you're wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to no, no, describe I'm not saying you are. I'm just what saying, I like, about it. any of, like, this is yeah. a fleet of the moment mm-hmm. ranking. It's not, uh, yeah, I'm just talking about yeah. the things I really honed in on to make it first place. And uh, yes, but it's not like I think the dry lag wasn't complex. It just wasn't as to me today. Mm-hmm. Right. My tongue right. this no, hour. Yeah, yeah. Dry lag number one. Okay. Tea, tea stuff. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening to another episode of Craft Beer Radio. That's 399 in the books. Uh, we're going to be doing an interview on... Um, uh, it's going to be Wednesday, but you probably won't hear this before Wednesday because i got to rig out a show in Canada and put up tomorrow. Um, but I did tweet... <laughs> I guess uh, talking to people in the future doesn't make any sense. Um, thanks for listening, and um, next week we'll be doing the big 400. I, I'm getting itchy to do kind of a live call-in show, like a, a Google Hangout type thing, so I think we're going to have one of those coming down the pike real soon. Uh, I want to have normal listeners call in, but I'm also looking forward to doing another podcaster roundtable, so I think we're going to be doing some some collaboration things like that soon, okay. now that it's uh, getting to be winter time. And we can't do Hangouts anymore because Google Hangouts don't exist, so there's now a YouTube... <laughs> Yeah, well, I, mean, I don't know what the tech is going to be. Yeah. Uh, the Hangouts wasn't great tech for large audiences anyway, so we're going to have to figure that out. Uh, if you want to email us, beer at Craft Beer Radio. Twitch. <laughs> On Twitter, we're at Craft Beer Radio, at Jeff Bear. At CBR Greg. Probably the best way to contact us is by Twitter. Yeah. And uh, Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. It's CraftBeerRadio.com for more information. Woo. Party on, Greg. Suddenly Party on, I Jeff. around and she was standing there With silver bracelets on her wrists and flowers in her hair She walked up to me so gracefully And took my crown of thorns Come in, she said, I'll give you